Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamide. On the second part of our series on the new Scrum Master journey, joining me today, friend, mate, buddy of the pod, Sonny Sangha out of the SAP Min head office. Hey, Sonny. Hello, Brent. Also joining us, now friend of the pod, because when you're on more than one, you get to be called a friend of the pod, Wenling Lin out of the SAP Vancouver office. Hey, Wenling. Hello, thanks for having me. Of course. So we ended the last conversation talking about what's it like working with a team that had just started on their team process. So they'd just done a team liftoff. They'd just done the team working agreements. They were a couple sprints in. And then lo and behold, you have to merge another team. Wenling, walk me through. You've got a team that you've been working with for five, six sprints. You did your working agreement. You did uh, your liftoff. And then you've got to merge in this other team. And for a lot of new Scrum Masters, they don't do that until they've got some experience under their belt, whereas you're doing it you know, in your first 90 days almost. So walk me through how that was an advantage or a disadvantage for you or for the team. So I would say it kind of all goes back to um, kind of the culture of the team. I think I've been very lucky that the team that I'm working on, working with, um, a lot of them have just been very um, open and very welcoming um, to me as a new scrum master, um, given kind of we have so many agile coaches and also those who haven't really experienced um, running, um, I guess, kind of their work through the scrum framework. Um, I think it also goes back to kind of um, just really encouraging the team and the team has done this really well um, to being open to trying new things. Um, so I think that lends really well when you're kind of merging the two teams together. There's kind of different perspectives, different techniques um, sure. that are brought in. Um, and so kind of having that mindset and really encouraging the team to just, you know, be open to trying new things. If you fail, that's okay. That's how you learn. I mean, just kind of supporting that mindset. And also working with a coach has honestly been phenomenal in helping the team and myself kind of um meld the teams together to work really well together right on sunny yeah i think if you uh, if you explain the value of why that change is happening with pure like transparency and i think the team will become more open to that change and that's what i think you've seen in in this team where it originally started as one team um, and then slightly the direction changed of the organization which started to show some value which then ultimately gave some transparency of why we're doing that, which then Winling's done a great job in terms of facilitating that change um, in terms of the formation of the team via liftoffs. Well, it's interesting because as being part of the team that got bolted on, right, it would yes. be, I think it's good in that you had half of that team who was relatively new to Scrum and all of the thinking behind it. So it's like they were early, they were also early in their process. So that's different than a lot of teams when they do emerge, because when they do emerge, you have two teams who are experienced in Scrum, who are experienced in Agile, you know, they may use other frameworks. Here are these new people and it's like, it's all fresh. And then you have a group of individuals who they are, that's what they're supposed to be doing. It might be where it's a, relative, a relatively safe environment for a new Scrum Master, right? As opposed to a harsh one where you've got two well-established teams and you're trying to merge them together. Sonny, do you think it would have been different if you had one set of team and that's like they're living, they're living agile values and it's yeah. like they, they're set in their ways 
yeah. you have another team that's set in their ways and they're, they don't, they think agile shenanigans. So do you think it was an advantage to have a bunch of coaches on one side and a, a group of relatively okay. new people on the other side? Okay. I'll get you. No. So I think it was advantage um, that we had some agile experts on one side of the team, because what I saw immediately, especially in the liftoff, when we were starting to talk about what agile framework will be best suited to this team was I saw a lot of responses coming off um, trust you in terms of that sort of wording was used as well and I think there was a lot of um, there's a lot of behavior I was seeing which was okay we'll go with this because you guys are the experts we trust you right. on that right. and what I that became that that was easier in that way in terms of the formation um, of the team and choosing the right agile methodology um, framework because I mean I've had it I've had to work with teams that have merged and it's a serious pain in the backside because you know we always do stand-ups at nine o'clock Monday through Friday we do stand-ups at four in the afternoon Monday through Thursday and we do a slack stand-up on Friday and you have to try and come up with consensus and good luck with that yeah right? and I think with this team it was uh, we used the original team's scrum cadence right yeah, And we went with that. And I think that showed a bit of what you started to actually see a little bit signs off was the scrum values coming to the forefront of doing the working agreement session and throughout now. Right. So you saw a bit of respect there as well that, OK, as we do the merge, we don't want to we don't want to shake the boat too much. Yep. Um, but why not go with the current scrum cadence um, as well um, of the original team? Yeah. And I think there was a lot of inspect and adapt. Right. So we're yeah. going to see see what it is. If, the, if we think there needs to be something that maybe we could tweak, we have that conversation, but it's we have that conversation as a group. We don't go running to the scrum master and saying, Wenlang, you know, this really doesn't work. Maybe we should try it at a different, different cadence because, you know, that's just shenanigans. Teams that are always running to the scrum master to, to play fight facilitator. Okay, that's not letting them be a leader, right? So Winling, for you being a new scrum master and new in, new in your process and new in your journey, how do you think that has worked in your favor or has it been a detriment? For me, it's definitely been um, good for me coming new into kind of the role and the team as a scrum master. Um, the team that I've worked with, it's really, there's been kind of room for forgiveness if I do fail. And as I'm early on in my career, I think when you fail, those are kind of the lessons that you learn um, the most from. And the team has just been nothing but supportive, whether it's through coaching, you know, offline um, on how to become a better scrum master. Um, there's also communities of practice that I've been part of um, to also learn from different um, experiences across um, different teams and scrum masters. So I think that's really helped me accelerate my journey as a scrum master with there being so many experts kind of in the room together. Um, and so um, for me, it's honestly, the learning journey has been really amazing. I'm just feeling supported by the team and knowing that there is room um, to grow in this. That's awesome. So that's actually a good place for us to I swear to God it feels like we're plugging other episodes here so you know listen to the communities of practice episodes that we had back in season two good content there and for those of you within SAP 
we have a variety of communities of practice and you can find out about that on the link that I'm gonna put here on the video. So we've talked about what's been positive. What do you think the biggest challenge has been for you so far? The biggest challenge definitely is, um, I would say my you know day role is a project manager and kind of when you think of the two, um, how do you kind of meld the two um, roles together. I think that's definitely been something that has been a bit different for me that I need to, um, I guess, adjust to when I first started, uh, when I first came into kind of the Scrum Master role. Um, I definitely see there being a lot of upfront planning kind of from the project management lens and mm -hmm. from a um, Agile perspective, it really embraces and welcomes change. Um, from a roles and responsibilities perspective, um, I would say a lot of the project management responsibilities is split um, between the Scrum Master and PO and kind of really, really working closely together with um, your product owner to kind of um, move things along to um, work within the scope of the work that you're doing and really to um, ensure that the quality standards are met. And, you know, from a Scrum Master, really your focus is on supporting the team, supporting um, the product owner as well. Um, so just kind of understanding that shift um, has been kind of a bit of an adjustment to me um, from the beginning. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to add on to that because that's a quite important point when Ling mentioned just right at the start was um, that was one of the first things I think we spoke about in our first one-on-one -on -one coaching session was how do I shift in this team from the PM mindset to a Scrum Master mindset? And then that's where the whole coaching stance came into play at that time. It was like, okay, if we lead by questions more in these sessions, that should maybe start to set the mindset to move more toward the Scrum Master coaching way um, in that way, which is very different maybe in a project management stance. So it's very interesting, Windling brought that up and that's one of the first things we actually spoke about, one of those challenges. And one of the things I wanna make sure that we cover is that how advantageous it's been for you as a new like you're new as a scrum master, you're relatively new as a project manager, and you're working with a bunch of teams that have all of this experience and how, you know, it's like, it's not their first rodeo, right? And so I think one takeaway for anyone who's just starting out on their, on the process is to be kind to yourself, right? And to recognize that, you, you will make mistakes, right? Because it's the only way that you can come back. I mean, one thing I did when I first started out was that I almost had self-retrospectives where it'd be, okay, what did I do well in this last sprint? What do I need to improve on in the next sprint? And taking that whole self-transparency. I mean, it's one of the things that we talk about in agility as a whole is how do we, how do we make sure that we're being a better professional and that's hard right because you have to you have to be self-critical but not overly self-critical right so 
you know, we're getting close to time. I want to make sure, do we think that we have anything that we want to cover as another episode or you think we've abused this topic enough? Sunny. There, there was a good point on that one, which is I think we've leveraged debrief sessions for that, the self-retros. Yeah. Um, and I think we've used, to, and, and I personally, I've probably never told you this, but it's more to make sure you're not going down a path of, that overboard of self-retroing maybe down one path and it's like keeping it level and keeping it like where you may have thought you're not doing so well and it's like no 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 look at all these points right or the, which you're not you haven't got the personality to go the opposite way which is like look how great i am <laughs> bring you to it. so you haven't got that personality <laughs> well it's more the other and i think the debrief sessions have helped with that well yeah, definitely funny. like for me i think the biggest thing is like getting over that imposter syndrome um like I have it really bad and like kind of just giving that space to kind of I guess like allow for oh please it really helps with that Sunny honestly like really (laughs) helps me get over that yeah 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 Yeah, well it's 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 funny because I think we all suffer from that Mm -hmm. you know and I think that as a scrum master or as a coach it's just how do you if I think that Scrum masters who do the best are the ones who are like, how can I help this team be better? Not Mm -hmm. how can I manage this team or how can I manage this project? It is how do I help this team be better at what they do? I think if there's one takeaway from these two episodes, it's for a new scrum master, just keep working, right? Keep working at helping the team be better. Help work, keep working at helping yourself be better. If you yeah. can do those two things, you're going to be just fine. And don't worry about that voice in your head that says you're being a, that you're being fake because you're not, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it may actually be that the team you're working with is not the right team for you. But if you're, you know, if you're living the values, if you're being true to yourself, if you're being true to the team and you're trying to make sure that everything gets done right, you're going to do okay. I guess that's, we're at time. So Wendling, I want to say thank you for joining us. Sunny is always a pleasure. Thank you for uh, having us. Yeah. And that's the end of this iteration. I'm Brent. I'm Sunny. I'm Wendling. Until the next iteration, you can give us a rating your podcast provider. Reach out to us at info at fasterthanstandup.com or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.